welcome to another episode of the Christian Nerd of Godcast. My name is Scott Higa. I am the Christian Nerd, and along with me, as always, for these wonderful crossovers is my friend and yours from the Nerd of Godcast, Tony T. What's up, Tony? Scott, by God, Higa, I am so glad to be staring at you from across the country so we can talk about nerdy things and uh, maybe agree, maybe disagree. But uh, we're here for each other. That's the important thing. I went back and I listened to the first time you were ever on my show. Yeah. And it was weird. Cause, like, we were, like, friendly, but we weren't, like, friends. So it we're was... Just feel, we were feeling the whole thing out, right? Yeah, I mean, we, was... we had each other's phone numbers at that point. We'd cross that line, but it wasn't, like... It wasn't like it is now. Like, we hadn't actually yet embraced in real life, which only happened, like, mm-hmm. three months ago, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds very uh, uncomfortable when you say it like that. But, yeah, yeah. We embraced warmly. I mean, yeah, I keep saying it. It's, it's not making it less weird. <laughs> passionately. Oh, wait, maybe not passionately. <laughs> a lover's embrace <laughs> for a love that dare not speak its name. The What is it on 30 Rock? The lover's delight, the world's most uh, what? expensive dessert. Yeah. Have you ever it's had a donut in the mi- Have you ever had a donut in the microwave? <laughs> That's pretty good, too. <laughs> What's up, Tony? How are you? I'm doing well, man. Um, you know, busy, busy time. We're going into, uh, we're, we're sort of like post-fall kind of leading into the Christmas season. So for vocational ministry, this is uh, the, the build-up. It's, it's getting very real. As soon as I get done with you, I've got to go have a meeting with Julia from the Nerdy Godcast, and we're going to be planning out a Christmas uh, production with schedules and casting and our schedule to, to get everything running. That just it, it doesn't just happen, people. So when your church has something for Christmas, show up and support it and invite your friends because someone put a lot of prayer, energy, creativity, and effort into it. Thank yeah, you for coming did. to my TED Talk. No, I, I feel you. We're... Where we had our trunk or treat, which I was in charge of. Then we had, nice. I've, I've complained about this all on my show. Then mm-hmm. I had two parent workshops, the second mm-hmm. of which is coming up on Sunday. And then I get a little respite, but not really, because in December we too have our kids' Christmas things. So that'll jump to the top of the list of things that I'm responsible for and have to get done. So I feel like just October, November, and December are just a wash. Have have you kind of cordoned off some time for yourself in the middle of all this? You're better at that than I am, so hopefully um, you, you have. No, like that's how bad it is. I have not really had enough time. I've been so I've been realizing we can talk about this. So like, so I, I talked about it on my show that I was like, oh, I'm really busy. I need to spend time with God. Like I need to do that, and then like I didn't for a week, like an idiot, and then I got back to it. And so that part has been good. But even then, I was reading in. Second Samuel, Hannah's prayer, where she talks basically like how God helps people. And I'm like, why don't I like ever like, why do I try to do all this stuff on my own? You know, that I know God wants to help me. I know things are better when I go to God for help, but I'm just like, nah, it's cool. I'm not going to bother God with this. And I'm trying to figure out why it is that I, I, I do that. Like, I don't think it's arrogance. I don't think I, I don't know. Like, I don't, maybe I just consider it. I don't want to bother God. So I'm trying to figure out why it Sorry. is. Sorry, God, it's fine. I can handle it. Like, you know, like worry about like poverty and world hunger. Like, oh, I can handle a parenting workshop. I don't need you all the while. Like God's like, hey, idiot, I'm omnipotent. I can handle your stuff too. So I don't know. I'm trying to figure out why it is I don't rely more on God to accomplish things. It feels the same as like not wanting to bother the dentist when you have a toothache. It's like, no, nah, I mean, I've got like 30 something teeth, right? So like, it'll be fine. So There's I other lose people. One. That need it. Yeah. So like, I can't eat because I'm in so I much I can only pain. chew on this side of my mouth and, you know, 
Yeah. Just come out there with like one tooth, like an old man in some 1930s cartoon. And you're like, I want some taffy. And that's all you have. And why didn't you go see the dentist? I didn't want to bother him. I didn't want to bother him. So I think, so I'm trying to work my way through that in the midst of this busy season. Like, how do I, instead of just like put my head down and get my work done, still put my head down and get my work done, but then, you know, pray and depend on God to give me his strength. I was in a conference yesterday, and I know we haven't talked about the thing that we're here to talk about, but they, they kind of, one of the points that I wrote down and, and sketched even a little drawing with it because I wanted to remember it was it, why it's so important to, to live in a place of self-care as a minister, because you can't afford your life to become a train wreck because you, a, a train wreck implies passengers. Mm. You've got people that follow you, and your leadership isn't just for like your relationship with God. Uh, don't even don't ever underestimate how many people because like I said honestly when I when I mentioned it earlier I wasn't joking I said you're better at that kind of thing than I do um, I'll listen to your show and I'll listen to your journey and when you take time uh, to spend time with God and and to prioritize that I, I know that it's a real encouragement for me mm. honestly um, I listen to you and I'm like yeah you know what Scott Scott's right he's got a good pace in his life so just remember man it's not just important for your own personal well-being your kids are watching you um, the people in your church are watching you and people across the country man who listen to your show uh, really are encouraged by that so well, uh, take you. care of yourself because it really does have a bigger ripple than than you might think in the short term and that that being said we are taking some a little vacation because it's Veterans Day weekend so Clara's got a few days off of school. So we're actually going to go camping down by the beach. And since we live in Southern California and global warming is a thing here, it's going to be 85 and sunny at the beach on man in November. So we're actually Happy very Thanksgiving, excited. you guys. Very, and nothing's on fire right now, which is great. <laughs> I think a couple years ago, right before we found out Alicia was pregnant with Jojo, we were camping. And I think I remember texting you because I think the world was on fire in California at that point. And you were like, are you okay? And I like screenshotted the map. I circled where I was. I circled where the fire was. Yeah. Like it's okay. It's, it's a ways away. We'll, we'll be all right. Dude. I've seen videos of those California fires and watching like the fire jump over the highway, just like leap over it. It looks like something from out of like a a Marvel movie or it's like, Oh, well that's, that's the end of the world. Where's sunspot? I don't see him. You are dealing with sentient flame (laughs) and it wants to kill you. Yes. Yes. Oh, somebody's oh, calling man. me. It's not me. It, no, it's L. Holloway. I don't know who that is. So we're going to decline that because I'm talking to my best internet friend, Tony. And we're That's not right. just tell, here to tell, talk about... Tell Holloway you're going to have to holler back. <laughs> nice. Uh, I don't talk No, like it that, wasn't. So. Don't encourage me. <laughs> Sorry. What are, what are we here to talk about, Scotty? Uh, who knows? Well, like I like I look. We're gonna talk about Eternals. That's what this whole episode's yeah. about. But I, right. I but the reason why I listen to podcasts isn't for to hear nerds talk about something twice as long as the actual thing. Like I want to know about their lives. <laughs> so, so for the next five hours. So the next five hours, we're us and Joe Rogan. We're gonna talk oh, that guy. Uh, so how how's the church going? Like other than. All, like, have you, like, ridden the crest of the wave out of the launch, and now it's just like, yep, here we are. Let's have church again next week. Yeah, there, that, that's honestly, like, you know, the, the, I've found, wow, like, we got to keep doing this, don't we? Like, every single week we got to show up. There was the first probably month and a half, and we're, we're now eight weeks into it. The first month and a half of it was like, wow, we've got to do more songs, and I've got to preach another message, and we have to show up and produce this thing. And it's really just kind of hit me. Uh, or I've recalibrated a little bit that we've been really focused on having good church. Mm. 
And now we're shifting gears as we're building relationships with people mm. and, and folks are getting interested and wanting to be a part of it uh, instead of having good church, really being a good church. Mm. How can we be an impactful church? So we're, we're shifting gears from can we do it to now that we can, what do we do with it? And awesome. it's, it's been a really cool adventure. I mean, what our, our kind of underlying thought is right now, like what would if, if this church were suddenly Thanos snapped out of here, would anyone in the community notice? Yeah. And if they would, you know, if they wouldn't, why? So. Mm-hmm. That's um that's that's our our heart right now is how can we make a, an impact and be essential for the people that are surrounding us. Awesome, that's great. I'm excited to hear that. I as you know, I have an alarm on my watch set for seven thirty every Sunday, ten thirty your time, and I pray for you every Sunday morning just so I can. Sometimes I'm getting out of the shower. I'm like, why is my watch making that noise? I'm like, oh, that's right. I got to pray for Tony. Don't be angry. Uh, none of us deserve you, Scotty. Nah, somebody does probably out there <laughs> so that's good i'm glad uh how's how's the family how's how's life my son got a job at chick-fil-a yeah which is pretty cool um he's he's doing he's doing well uh, he's he is eating chick-fil-a he has um and i won't go into to too much of his background but he has a little bit of fixation with chick-fil-a there was a certain time in his life when that was literally the only and I'm not talking for a couple weeks. It wasn't like a phase. I'm talking for years. Chick-fil-A was the only thing he would eat. We'd have to go there six times a week. We'd go once every day, and then we'd have to go twice on Saturday so he could have food on Sunday. Um, Just like manna from heaven. It's manna from heaven. So now he's got a job there, and it's it's kind of – it seems full circle. It's like – one of those things where you have the flashback to your childhood. It's like, oh, there's, uh, you know, little tiny um, – Carol Danvers playing with an airplane as a mm. two-year-old, you know, in her crib or whatever. And it's like, and here she is now later on. She's flying the airplane. It's like the the foreshadowing moment. I can just picture my little three-year-old son playing on the play place at Chick-fil-A, not realizing that one day he would be in the kitchen making the chicken. Uh, the Chick-fil-A is all by us. Like they, like, they had to close down during the pandemic, and they just did, like, drive through and stuff and take out. They have yet to reopen their dining rooms. They totally could. But they're making money hand over fist just being a drive through and takeout. Like, yeah, it's so ridiculous. most of our Chick fil A's are open, but, um, but the one that my son works out is not. It's just drive through. Yeah. And then, they're always busy. I know, man. Like, I know the owner operator of one near us. And, like, yeah, they're just like they're making, they made more money during the, you know, the last 18 months than they did before. It's ridiculous. Yep. I mean, I still go to Chick fil A. It's amazing. It makes me happy. It's wonderful. I what's your what's your go to Chick Fil A order, Tony? <laughs> Captivating you know, I, podcasting I, material. I know, but honestly, something the, we can all identify with because we all love Chick Fil A. So for me, it's not about what; it's about when. Mm. If I get a chance to go to Chick Fil A before ten thirty in the morning, so I can get breakfast, that's always going to be where I opt because chicken minis are a gift from God. One God at some point smiled upon the the Kathy family and said I'm going to bless you that you might be a blessing. And they they put little chicken nuggets in buttery honey-coated yeast rolls that we could eat bite by bite and they have forever changed the trajectory Thankfully, of Thankfully they're not so, unleavened cuz that would not they just wouldn't be as no, good. No, no, no. So Chick Chick-fil-A breakfast is Chick-fil-A what's up. Chick-fil-A breakfast I, my, is the champ of all breakfasts. I get I get the chicken minis and then I get an egg white muffin, the hmm. uh, muffin with the chicken uh, yeah. grilled chicken and the egg white on it which is that's my favorite. No hash browns, lemonade, no ice. They used to do, they might still do it, but they had the spicy biscuit in the morning. So the yeah, we don't have those the, here. They they don't have it. Like you could probably request it, but it was a spicy fillet, and then you get the pepper jack on a biscuit. I can't do that mm. anymore because my body rejects spicy food. <laughs> uh, and 
it would not be a good thing for me. But man, it was it was the the best. Hmm. Yeah, Chick Fil A is wonderful. It's Chick-fil-A. it's really good. All the haters just step aside. Go get your Popeyes chicken sandwich. It's fine. Yep. We'll all still go to Chick Fil A and get. Yeah. Do, do you guys have the tortilla soup out there? The chicken tortilla yeah. soup. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. Now so I want to go to Chick Fil A. I'm so not close, a sponsor. Not a sponsor, but I'm so. Cl- <laughs> you know how like they have the like if you use their app, like you get their membership, whatever. Like I'm yeah, in, I'm in, I'm in the red tier, but I'm like, I'm $11 away from like upgrading to the next status level. Nice. Which they just added earlier this year. So I think it's, I don't even remember what it is, but it's something awesome. Yeah. My, um, man, I, now, now you got me, you got me looking at my, I'll be my a Chick-fil-A signature. I'll here. be a signature member. If yeah, I, I am, a, I am a signature member. Are you? I, I, yeah. With, nice. with so many points, it's stupid. How many so points do you morning, have? Right now, and and um, I think my last four meals at Chick Fil A have been completely covered by points because I I think I had twelve thousand points um, a couple weeks ago. Right now, I have seventy one forty one. I have nine thousand nine hundred forty seven. Right. I never so, uh, spend yeah. my points. I don't know. No, why. I never do either. I so had that's a, why, I had, like, a, I had like a friend a two, who's two like, weeks ago. I'm just like I can just pay for this I with know. my points. He saw how many points I'm like. Why don't you spend? He's like he's like as soon as I have enough to buy something, I use my points. I'm like I don't know. I'm just sitting on them. Yeah. It's a dumb it thing. Nice. I should. Yeah, but you know, sometimes it's just nice to say, you know what? I got everybody. I no, got I everyone know. today. I don't, I don't want to say that. <laughs> buy your own Chick Fil A. No, buy no, your no, own Chick Fil A, Joe. Buy everyone. I, I mean me. I was, I was by myself. <laughs> I'm like, I got a. It's all on me today, guys. It's all, guys. Tony, I'll I'll get the uh, I'll get the Tony. You're the best. Yes, I am. Shut up. Let him talk. You know. <laughs> so uh, outside of church and Chick Fil A. Uh, we do continue to be nerds and do nerdy things. Uh, and one of those nerdy things was watching the most recent entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So we are going to talk about that right now in ICU MCU. ICU MCU. Marvel's most recent movie is Eternals. It's a movie about 10 immortal beings sent by a giant celestial to protect Earth from some monsters known as the Deviants. Now, let's give a real quick, spoiler-free, just general thoughts about the movie. Please, Tony, go first. Um, This movie sucked. (laughs) And... If it was on Disney Plus, if it was Disney Plus and theater at the same time, I would say just watch any of the Disney Plus shows again instead of watching this movie. It was it was a dumpster fire. If you if you watch this movie and you like it, then you probably liked the the non Snyder cut version of the Justice League. Um, you won't like any of the characters, not because of whatever your personal taste is, just because they weren't written for you to like them or care about them in any way. Um, thank you. That that's all. That's all I can say without spoiling anything. <laughs> I enjoy the movie, and now this is the point of the podcast where <laughs> Tony just says a bunch of stuff. I'm like, okay, whatever. Talk to you later, because I don't care enough to defend something that I didn't create. No, what? Tell me what you, I want to know what you liked about it. And like, like, what, what were your favorite parts? Or okay, I really enjoyed the movie. Resonated with now. Me? Let's uh, now it's all spoiler stuff. So if you haven't seen the movie and don't want it spoiled. Uh, go watch the movie, then come back and listen to uh, Tony and I discuss it. Or just listen to this, because I guarantee our conversation about it is going to be more fun and enjoyable than the actual movie was. I don't guarantee that. Uh, 
I, I do. I, I, or your I, money back. <laughs> Unless you're a patron. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Wait, 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 wait. You don't, uh, you know. Uh, no, I really, I did enjoy it. I enjoyed, uh, uh, my first thought was it's really, really good looking people in really, really good looking places. And it was shot very beautifully. That's it. That's it. You like it because you're from California and all it takes is good looking people in good looking places. That's it. That, that's that no. is the, the superficiality of it. It was all it took to resonate with you. <laughs> it was a very, uh, very good looking movie. I enjoyed it the was character. literally the the most attractive ensemble of people ever, like ever. And like I think I've said this many times. Like even the not good looking people were really good looking, mm-hmm. right? Like Gilgamesh. That's just a like big Asian guy. Like man, look at that guy. He's good looking. Like all of I'd them. cuddle with him. I would cuddle with him right now, all day or day. So no, except I for, except for Sprite with her little Sandy Duncan Peter Pan haircut. Yeah, I you don't want to. Yeah, that one. yeah. And she's like fourteen, so that's weird. Um, no, I really, I really did enjoy it. I thought it was, I thought it was well shot. I thought it looked good. I enjoyed the characters. I thought that for having 10 characters and trying to unpack each of them, I thought I got enough of, I got to know them enough to, to care about them. And they leaned obviously more heavily into Cersei and Icarus and Sprite. Um, I, I liked the pacing. I saw some people say they thought it was really slow in the middle, I loved the whole getting the gang back together journey and adventure and finding all these people who'd been together for a thousand years and then had been separated for, no, what, 5,500 years and then had been separated for another 500 years. I enjoyed that. So, yeah, no, I just, or 6,500 years. I, yeah, I just, look, as I've said before, maybe it's bad and I'm just easily entertained, but there's a lot of other people I know who've also enjoyed it. I'm not going to be like, well, they like it, so you should like it. I couldn't care less that you didn't like it, Tony. <laughs> Honestly, it doesn't matter to me because you're not. We are because you're not going to be like you're such an idiot for liking a good a bad movie. Like I know you're not going to be like it. You're you're fine with me liking whatever I want to like too. So, uh, yeah, I liked the characters. I I liked a lot of the callbacks to the comics that I didn't think they would do. I liked the fact that the. Eternals and the Deviants were related, that they were both created by the Celestials. I liked that the Deviants were evolving, because that's something straight out of the Jack Kirby comics as well. Uh, I, and I wasn't sure from the comics if they were going to throw the memory loss thing in there, because they didn't reveal that until later in the movie, mm-hmm. that they kind of had that amnesiac yeah. vibe. But that was a big thing in the in the more modern yeah, version the two, of the Yeah, that, that's the 2007 run, which is by, yeah. I think it was, what's his name? He's really famous. Alan, shoot. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Wrench. I, yeah, Alan Wrench. So the 2007 run was really good. So yeah, no, I thought that the the characters themselves were true to their comic roots. I thought that having Cersei is kind of like the the emotional center of the movie worked because she was the one who actually did like humans and want to be there and actually cared about them. Uh, Angelina Jolie still continues to be awesome at things that she does, and Camille Ninjani Ninja- Ninja- was very funny. And I know you said you told me everybody else was in Justice League and he was in Shazam, but I liked yeah. him a lot. But that's the, that's that was my problem. Is it felt like he was in the wrong movie? Like he was funny, but it 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 always seemed out of place, which mm. I hated. Like in in other and there's no way for me not to compare this to other Marvel movies. We're no longer in the pre two thousand eight. You know, random Marvel movies. Ghost Rider doesn't have anything to do with the Hulk, doesn't have anything to do with Blade. I mean, that's just not where we live anymore. So Marvel has created kind of a pace and a cadence for these movies that we've come to expect. So I'm going to give full marks 
for Chloe. Is it Chloe Zhao? Is, Chloe that, Zhao. is that her name? Yeah. Chloe, Chloe Zhao. Uh, I'm going to give full marks for her trying to do something different. She's, she's trying to Ryan Johnson this thing and say, we're going to do this thing with a whole nother flavor. And I, I salute that. I think that's great. I think Disney's had a lot of success with that, especially on Disney Plus, with kind of creating, hey, here's some movies that are shows that are completely different than what you might have expected. But you still have that relatability and that likability about the characters. And to me, none of these characters were likable. Hmm. I, I shouldn't say that. That's, that's hyperbole. Kumail Nanjiani was funny, but not likable. Gilgamesh was likable. Because they gave him kind of, I mean, it was a super tiny character arc, because what can you do when you have 10 characters in a mm-hmm. show, you know, in a movie? You, you, but he did enough that it was like, okay, I, I support him. I'm behind him. Uh, Angelina Jolie is lovely, um, but it just there, there just wasn't enough for me to go, I'm ex- it was the Star Wars Episode One. It was like, look at this great, beautiful, talented cast that never once won me over on anything they are or anything they're doing. Was me. Sorry, yeah. you don't I, have I, to I, apologize. Literally, I said I couldn't care less what you thought about. I mean, I care, like, because I care about you as a human being. But like, your ability <laughs> to not enjoy it does not detract from my ability to enjoy it. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I'm trying to like, I'm trying to to vent a little bit and talk about it in 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 a way that doesn't make it sound like I'm trying to win you over to my side because I don't want to take away your enjoyment of it. I don't want to say you're wrong for liking it, and here's why. This isn't <laughs> debate club, you know. It's not like let me prove to you the error of your ways. Oh, there's plenty um, of errors in my ways. I don't need any proof from you. I just look at my life and my choices. <laughs> I don't know, man. It just it it, it just seemed like it. The whole movie was an excuse to make a bunch of attractive people of varying racial backgrounds stand in a line against a pretty background. It's like, look at them. They're standing in a line again and again and again and again. And uh, all of the movie is told through flashbacks. First off, I'm wary about any movie that doesn't start with, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away that opens up with a written, uh, you know, intro. Like, that's like, oh, 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 somebody's somebody's shortcutting on the storytelling. Yeah, yeah, there's there's that thing, part of that. Like, oh, we need exposition. Put it right here at the front. Yeah, I don't like that. But I don't know. Like, the whole, there was, the, the, the movie was... Hey, here's a flashback as to why these guys are who they are, and here's a couple cuts of different scenes that are supposed to make these characters likable. How do you take Icarus and Circe, and you got this, I mean, probably one of the most attractive on-screen couples ever, and they, they have the weirdest, like, it's it's like a kiss that goes a little too long, smash cut to, like, a strange sex scene that just didn't fit in the movie. It was just really bizarre. And then... I'm going, dude, I don't feel like anything for these characters. Like, there's zero chemistry between these two actors, who are both arguably good actors, but didn't didn't feel it, man. I, I There was more love for me uh, between, like, uh, who was is, who is the character that um, he could control people's night? Drew, Drew, Drew Egan and, uh, and, and Makari. And, Ma- Makari. and like, the, the little, like, unspoken kind yeah. of, like, little relationship That's offensive. Them. She can't speak, man. She's deaf. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just a little glance yeah, no, yeah, yeah. and like the little back and forth between them was so much more engaging and believable than than Icarus and Cersei. Mm-hmm. And how do you put a Selma Hayek in a movie and not make me fall in love with Selma Hayek? I walk into a movie already in love with Selma Hayek. You don't have to sell me on that. And it's like, <laughs> oh, Selma Hayek, she's not here for any purpose at all. I guess that what is she? I mean, 
she I mean we know that in Marvel movies they can kill off a character and it unifies people we've seen it happen with Phil Coulson why can't we love it or care when Selma Hayek gets fed to the deviants spoiler alert <laughs> we're, we're in super spoiler territory yeah um, and, and, and so to me, like, I just didn't feel like any of these characters, uh, this would have been a better Disney plus series. Mm. Honestly, if they would have taken 10 episodes, eight episodes and really unpacked these characters and made us really care about them, I would have been, I would have been there for it. Totally yeah. there for it. Had you read, yeah. and I'm not trying to like, like, Oh, I'm a better nerd that like, had you read any yeah. Eternals comics? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I read the, the Neil Gaiman. The, um, that was, that's who it was Neil Gaiman. Yeah. The 2000. Yeah. Well, was that yeah. the 2007 one? Yeah, that was the 2007 one. And okay. that, that's, and that's read... a tremendous run. Yeah, and it was really good. It was really good. I think I, I read it before. Um, I read it before when it first kind of came out, mm-hmm. like you know, early 2010s. And then I went back and read it again as soon as they announced that this movie was coming out. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with the Inhumans. I, I read the Inhumans comic, and I was like, I liked the Inhumans comics, but this to me was the Inhumans of Marvel movies. In fact, a lot of times I'll misspeak and call it Inhumans, and I don't that's feel like just, I, I mean, I feel apologize. like that's going a step too far. I think that's trying to be mean-spirited towards me. Trying to say that something I like is like the Inhumans. <laughs> I, I just think that they could have unpacked these characters because all of them have the potential to be so sympathetic and likable. And then you, when they all kind of find out that their whole life has been a lie, mm-hmm. like you want to care, like you want to be there for them and feel that betrayal and be like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do about this? And I, I didn't care. Yeah. And I guess that's the because, thing I did. Because like, they I, set the whole movie up with like from the very beginning. And that was when they found out that everything they believed was wrong. Like you said that from the beginning, like there was no surprise. We saw it coming. Yeah. And I, I, and that's it. Like I, you know, like you don't think you didn't care. I did care about the characters. I cared about them. I liked their journey. I liked seeing what they were all up to. And so when, I mean, maybe not Ajax just cause she was pretty disassociated from it all, but that's okay. But you could tell that she was a loved character by the way that other characters yeah, talked yeah, yeah, about yeah. her. Yeah, and and you know, I didn't see it coming that he's the one who killed her. Like so I thought no. that was a I thought that was a good twist and I thought that made Icarus much more hateable even though Richard Madden is very good looking. Um it's hard to hate him with like the little gray streak in his hair too. It's a good looking guy. Uh so other than Ajax, but like like I said like for a two and a half hour movie, I thought it the pace went well. And for having ten characters try to unpack and make you care about, I cared about them and as much as I could in a ten character two and a half hour movie. And I cared more so about the ones that I spent more time with in the movie. So I cared more about definitely Cersei, movies. Cared more about Icarus, and I really cared about Makari because I thought she was an awesome character. I thought that right. was I, I thought she I was agree. awesome. She was interesting. Yeah, but. And I, I, I've heard people complain about the pacing of the movie. Oh, it was just so slow. And I didn't feel like it was. I felt like there was always, there was a couple scenes that lingered just a few minutes, maybe long, but I don't feel like the movie was slow. I feel like they were always kind of on to the next thing, mm-hmm. on to the next thing. Like there was, oh, there yeah. was always momentum, but half of the movie became, now we've got to go get the band back together. We got to go get all, all the team back together. And they kept going, and it's like, and then one more, and then one more, and then one more. By the time they got to, to Makari at the end, I'd forgotten that she was even a character. I thought, oh, we got everybody. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, there's still more. I spent oh, the whole movie gosh. trying to remember all of their names. Like, I was, like, counting on my fingers, like, who's this? What's their name? What's their name? I think What's they did name? a What's really good name? job at, at, at establishing their name. Like, I think they did a really good job at making them memorable. Yeah. And, and kind of defining their uniqueness. I think they did a really good – like, they had good characters there that, that were interesting – 
and could have been more interesting if they would have let him unpack a little bit. Yeah. What do you think about the um like the 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 side character? What do you think about like like uh, Kit Harrington? <laughs> he, he's just Jon Snow, right? I'd always forget his. I know you. I I didn't really watch a ton of Game of Thrones. No, you didn't either. Uh, yeah. But he he's always just Jon Snow. Yeah, Jon Snow is Dane. Uh, and so I think that. So I mean, when they announced that he's playing Dane Whitman, obviously the internet's like, oh, he's the Black Knight. I didn't know that much about the Black Knight, so I looked it up, like when he was first announced. And so I knew at some point, and they, you know, even on the ship, they talked about, oh, is that the Ebony Blade? It's like, no, it's Excalibur. And so they even mentioned the Ebony Blade before yeah. he even saw it. And but that's a deep cut. Like you, that's not that's not for the casual consumer. Well, we're not casual consumers, Tony. We're no, giant. we're not. We're but ninety nine. I think ninety nine point nine percent of people that was completely wasted on them. Yeah. But that's okay. Like, do something for me. I'm selfish. It's all about me. Do what I want. <laughs> uh, so I thought, like, I thought he was fine. I thought that. So what I didn't know. So I went back and I looked through. I was looking through his uh, Wikipedia, and he actually did in the comics. Dane Whitman had a relationship with Cersei before yeah. when they were both on the Avengers. I did not know that. So that was a nice little nod to that. And I mean, that was like, uh, does she really need a boyfriend? That could have been anybody in that role. But they wanted to set something else up. So like, ah, oh, we'll just make him. Dane Whitman so we can get Kit Harrington in here so we don't have to introduce him at some po- other point. Like that was a little seemed, forced. Seemed a little forced, yeah. right? Like it, it was it, and that, and that's what they've been doing lately. They've been doing that a lot in the Disney Plus shows too. Just kind of like, "Hey, we're going to just sprinkle this in here. That's going to pay off later." And that just that did seem a little forced, especially there was there was two lines. One, "Hey, the world's going to end, but I shouldn't tell you the world's going to end, so you might want to patch things up with your uncle that you've had some problems with." Okay, somebody wrote that line for that line to be delivered. We don't have any backstory, so it's t- totally like a Chekhov's gun thing. It's like, we're going to say this. It's going to pay off later. Okay, that's bad writing. Che- Chekhov used a that- phaser, not a gun. No. <laughs> Kipton. Kipton, <laughs> where, where are the nuclear vessels? Uh, but, you know, that it was like, okay. And then at the end, um, I have something that I have to tell you. My family's not exactly normal either. Oh. Smash cut to, you know, we can't finish that thought. What's that mean? Dude, oh, that no. was pretty sweet, though, when Arishim's head came up over the park in London. Like, I thought that was a really cool shot. <sighs> kind of like so when kind of like when the uh, Death Star shows up in Rogue One. And then I just s- kept thinking, like, are they going to do a Galactus thing here? Like, is that where this is going? Are we That's what one of, my, one of my friends hadn't seen it yet. And so, like, he sent me a screenshot of the end of where, I forget the Earth Celestial's name, where, like, he's in the water and it kind of looks right? like, yeah, Tiamin. It sort of looks like Galactus because there's just the one thing sticking up. And it yeah. kind of looks like him. Yeah. But who knows? So then when when they were doing the pretty credits, even before they did the post credit scene, um, because, you know, the, the 1%, us, you know, the, the ones that, that have read the comics and know these things and we have the action figures, they're, they're showing the pretty credits of, oh, here's the, you know, all of the little symbolic things of their individual powers as we show their names. And then when they showed Kit Harrington, they showed the red, the red bird crest. And I'm like, oh. He's the Black Knight. Like I didn't, I didn't read about it ahead of time, and oh, I didn't recognize okay. his name as Dane Whitman. So I, I try to try to go into these things cold without reading a whole lot. So mm. um, I was like, oh, that's it. And then at the end, oh, there he is with the sword. Makes sense now. And then we had to walk out of the theater, and everyone's like, what was that? Okay, so w- in what order do you want them? Uh, that he's the Black Knight. Black Knight was a bad guy. Then he's a good guy. Different guys. Um, okay, the that's Pip the Troll. Oh, or or Patton Oswalt in his what third fourth Marvel character now, yeah. And then and then and then okay, that's that's um, Harry Styles. You know, Harry Styles with some watermelon sugar in his hair. Ah, uh, nice. I uh, I did not know anything about Eros. I had to look that one up. I was completely 
unaware of his existence. Didn't you read the Infinity Saga? No. The, Wait. The, with the whole, the original Infinity yeah, Gauntlet? Yeah, Is he in he that? He was in that. Was he? Yeah, he was in, yeah. yeah I don't remember. It's, it's a, I'll be honest, all of those like cosmic com- characters in the comic books are all very forgettable to me. Honestly, if it's not an X-Man, I don't know much about it. Like, <laughs> like if I'm being honest, like I have a very broad understanding of the Marvel universe, but it's super like surface level. Like, but X-Men, like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in on it. So I'm just waiting for them to make their entrance. So I know that you liked the movie, but yes. I, let me ask you this. Did the movie make you say at the end of it with all the post credits and all the, Hey, here's arrows and Pip the troll. Did it make you say, I'm really excited to see more adventures of these characters or did you just kind of nothing it at the end? Um, no, no, no. I think I would want to see more because they, you know, they will whittled down the team a ton cause they killed a bunch of them. And mm-hmm. so I think that'd be, so I'd like to, cause it could go deeper than on Cersei and, I'd be interested to see what they do with Sprite now that she's human. I'm like, how are they going to do this? Because everybody else is relatively going to look the same because they're all actors. But, like, you know, what's her name? Uh, where is it? Leah McHugh. Like, she's going to get older. So she's going to look different. So I wonder that. But, yeah, like, because now there's a smaller but team. But that's okay because Sprite's a human now. So that Yeah, now, that, now she can go. Yeah, it makes sense. And I'm also, just do we how care about that. Sprite anymore now uh, that she's Not really. Human. I mean, she'll just be a, a teen. But no, like I would love to see more of Makari and Druig and Cersei. I really would, because I think they can focus more on them now. And I really found Cersei to be really a fascinating character. And just, I mean, that's, you know, that's rooted in who she is in the comics. And she's always the one who's just hanging out with humans and loves them so much and wants to embrace their humanity. And even just yeah, her. She's like Jane Goodall with the chimps. <laughs> and her her unwillingness to embrace that leadership role and kind of that that internal struggle, whether or not she's actually, I don't want your glowing golden ball in my neck. Exactly. That's creepy. Mm -hmm. So I, so I did like Cersei quite a bit. She was probably, I, other than Makari, I mean, Makari was a great, great character. And I didn't know that Lauren Ridloff was actually deaf. So I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. No, what? That's what, that's what she would have said just now. No. Oh, jokes about the hearing impaired. Yeah. We can't make those. Very tasteless. Have I told you, about the worst joke I ever made in youth group about a disabled person. No. So I was teaching the story about the healing at the pool of Bethesda, right? Where the, where so the angel would come up and the water would stir and the first person to get in there would get healed. Yeah. And so I'm telling that story and I was like, yeah. And so there's a lame guy laying on his mat and like, imagine like he's trying to get in the water and like some deaf guy comes running. I was like, no, I'm going to catch me. And like, I did that voice, which I should not have done. I probably shouldn't have done it right now. And like, it was a messed up joke. And even one of my students like, you can't do that. That's messed up. I'm like, you're probably right. I probably shouldn't have said that. But did I ever tell you about the time I lost a deaf girl? When no. We, we went and we had a night of worship on the beach, but there was no artificial lighting on the beach that we were on. And it was, you know, we had a, the acoustic guitar and kids are just singing and we're worshiping and it's great. And the watching the sunset and the sun finally went down and it was dark. I mean, it was pitch black, dude. This was before the days of cell phones with flashlights on them. And, um, you know, we're here we are. And we're like, all right, everyone, follow the sound of my voice and we're going to head out of here. But we had a deaf girl in the youth group and well, how the, she can't hear me yelling. So we have everyone accounted for but her and we can't see and we can't yell for her. And mm. I'm like, well, that's it. I've lost a kid. I've lost a kid on the beach of South Carolina. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to lose my job. And uh, we did it and eventually finding her. But it was really a traumatic. I mean, she didn't know she was lost, but I did. That's very spiritual. There's a You can teach that right there. We don't know mm-hmm. we're lost, but Jesus mm-hmm. does. 
That's right. Juke it! Jesus jukes. Jesus jukes. All the Jesus jukes. I, I just don't recommend this movie. I don't think that they. I don't think that they did a, a quality job unpacking all these characters. You you got to either keep it to a small group, or you have to give them enough time to really build up. That's why we cared about the Avengers because we'd already loved all those characters through multiple movies leading up to it. And I think they could have done that with any of these actors would have been capable to do it. Any of these characters have enough meat on the bone to make it interesting enough to do it. That's what. But as a Disney Plus show, they could have owned it. But it was too much, and I didn't care about enough of these characters with the uh, Costco one quarter of a meatball worth of screen <laughs> character development time they gave them. Full and circle, baby. Yeah, I I thought they did enough. I cared about the characters, and even like Makari's in it the least. And I like she's fascinating. I loved her as a character. So, look, Tony, I think this is the end of our friendship because we disagree about something that doesn't matter. So. Yeah. You don't happen to have an Xbox, do you? I do. I have an Xbox. You jerk! I, I hate you! I, I know. How How dare I? You don't happen to live in Florida, do you? Oh my god! Ah! <laughs> no, I, I, if you liked it, I'm glad you liked it. To me, it just, it wasn't my flavor, and it, and, and you can't, do you put this on the top, I, I, where does this fit on your, like, quality of Marvel movies list? I mean, is it? Is it anywhere? Is it in the bottom five? Is it in the bottom five? Just, just own that. No, because it's too. It, it, it's because because what you said, like it's it's so well made, like in terms of like visuals and the way it looks, like it elevates it. Like I wouldn't put it in the top whatever fourteen. It's probably in the lower half. But in terms of like, I think trying to advance what they're doing in the MCU, you know, this is their first shot I, at doing it. I don't want to see any of these characters anymore. I don't want to explore this corner of the Marvel universe anymore. And if I could pretend that this never happened, uh, that's that's what I would do. Like I desperately hope that that they just don't follow up on all this. I don't want any more of these characters. I don't. What's it matter to you if they do? I mean, it matters to me because of the synergy of the Marvel universe mm. and the way it's all made now. Is that everything ties into everything else? And if you don't watch one thing, it's the whole thing comes apart. And we knew that going up, but now it's even more essential. Oh, we got Wanda and Vision over here. But if you don't watch that, you're not going to know what happens on Captain Marvel's movie. And, oh, well, Captain Marvel, she's at the end of Shang-Chi for some reason. And it, we, everything's That was the best part of the movie, by the way. Dude, Shang-Chi was such a charming and likable <laughs> character. He was so likable. This is what I've said. It's like, it's like if you're playing D&D and you have your character points and you just dump them all into charm and charisma and likability. That's what Disney did. That's what Marvel did. They dumped all of their charm and charisma into Shang-Chi and then the Eternals came up and they're like, oh, we got no more points. I guess the only points we have left are glowing gold tendrils that connect all these characters to one another. Let's just really invest in that one. And a bad guy who's just a cross between Ultron and Venom, who has no significance to the story except for to take out a couple of the characters and then unceremoniously die. Icarus was the bad guy. What? Icarus was the bad guy. No, Icarus was the 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 Judas, but but Judas wasn't the bad guy. It was he was just the bad guy on their team. The bad guy was the big god guy that Arishem. sent them all. Oh my gosh! Now my head is hurting. It's <laughs> making me actually debate the nuances of this absolute dog turd of a movie. 
Wow, dog turd. I think you're hating it more and more as we go. I, on. I am. I'm. I'm ha- I am hating it more and more. I'm hoping that by being being uh, throwing some hyperbole in my criticism, some of it, I can redeem it, so someone can say it wasn't that bad. So I'm doing you a favor right now by crapping all over it, so that you can find the parts that don't have crap on it and go, okay, well, it wasn't terrible, but it was. If you're being objective, this is the this is the big budget version of the Inhumans. Well, see, then like that's that's where it gets offensive, right? Because you're like, oh, my objective opinion is that it's good, that it's bad, and so that I know you're not doing this. This is this is why I get like I don't like these conversations. not like this conversation in particular, like in general, right? Because right. like you're like objectively it's bad, which means that I'm wrong. And so either my my objectivity's wrong or there's something wrong about me for liking this. You know what I'm saying? Like and so I guess this gets deeper why I couldn't care less when people review stuff. I don't listen to when people review stuff because it doesn't matter to me. Because right like so, it's so like because you just said you said objectively it's bad. So you're saying right. that's not your opinion. That's objective. So like that it's bad. So now I'm wrong and I know that's not what you're saying. But you know, do, no, do you feel it, me on it that? almost is. I don't mean it that way, but that, but it almost is. I think that if we went through outside of this movie, if we went through ahead of time all of the Marvel movies and what made you love them, what made them special enough to have a, a thing called ICU MCU? As opposed, I mean, we don't have like a we're going to watch all of the you know these movies. We're going to watch all of the Friday the Thirteenth movies, or we're we're going to watch all of. We just don't do that. We haven't even done that with Star Wars or, or Star Trek or things like that that we also like and care about. But there's something special and magical and game changing about the Marvel movies. And I think that if we went through and said we like this because of this, we like this because of this, we like this because of this. If it's relatability to the characters, if it's uh, you know conflict, if it's I mean it's probably not villains because Marvel still hasn't just completely nailed the villain thing, but well, they got the one right that they needed to. Yeah, but um, but but if we were to to say these are the scores, these are the the qualifications that make us like this movie, I think that this that the Inhumans, excuse me, the Eternals, um, absolutely not intended. I'm sorry, the Eternals would would fall short in all of those areas. It would be well below, well below average. For our, according to our our own like objective qualifications on what makes the other Marvel movies so special, as opposed to the DC movies, which are serviceable and fine. It's like it's like opening your Halloween candy and you get a Laffy Taffy or or, or Tootsie Roll in it. It's like, well, it's it's fine, but it's not a Reese's cup or a Snickers bar, and that's what we've been getting served. Marvel's been giving us full size Snickers bars and Reese's cups, and now we have like the fun sized. Tootsie Pop, and not even like the chocolate Tootsie Rolls, like the lemon ones. <laughs> but even it's like, everything, okay, I mean, it's every, still technically candy. I mean, it's everything still edible. You, like, but it, like, it's all like you can't. There's no objective. Like, you can't be objective about a movie. It's all opinion. And so, whether or not I like something or you don't like something, we like. It's all like consensus opinion is that the Winter Soldier is great. Objectively, could we figure that? Out? Like. Well, like it's competently made. We didn't see any boom mics. Like the, you know, I'm sure there there's ways to gauge how good the computer generated graphics are. Like you can do things, but at some point, it just comes down to my opinion. And so you can't say objectively this is a bad movie. No, your opinion, you think it's a bad movie, which is totally yep. fine. But for you but to stand in like have... it's so objectively bad, it's like no, that's your opinion. That's your opinion. Am, but there's they have classes. On, on directing and screenwriting there there is somewhere there is an agreed upon rule book of that's bad writing that's bad filmmaking and I, I think that this movie hits 
on some of those notes. I, I think that it does. That's fine. But you're not a movie critic, and neither am I, and I couldn't care less what movie critics say. Because for me, it's just about an experience. It's all an experience, and this is why I didn't want to. I'm ha- fine having this conversation, but it, I think for for me this is for me this for me it's unpacking why I actually like don't enjoy when podcasts do this because it just ends up be p- people sharing their opinion and saying, well, my opinion's better than your opinion. Like, no, your opinion's your opinion. Like, that's all it is. And so for somebody to stand up there and be like, and you don't do this, it's like this is my opinion. Why don't you agree with my opinion? Well, because it's your opinion, and I'm not you. Well, let me let me shift gears and thank you for for qualifying everything you say by saying that that's not what I'm saying. I, I do appreciate. I'm not it. saying that about you. You're, you're fine. You're fine. I mean, I'm not saying it about you. I'm saying it at you, but not about <laughs> you. I'm saying it as a direct response to something you just said, but I'm not saying it about you. None taken, Scott. <laughs> I, I I heard I heard somebody on TikTok today, and they were talking about oh, church. Good. Yeah, no, no, they were talking about church, and they were not in favor of church. And they said, um, they're like, come on, church, what's the deal with that? It's like it's like going into a roller skating rink on a Wednesday. It's like, oh, this used to be something. Like, like now nobody cares. Like, it's just kind of sad, and it's not really a thing anymore. And they were if definitely— If you try to tell me that my, my ranting and raving against having an opinion versus an objected in a movie is like people saying church is bad, I might hang up on this. No, no, okay. no, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm, Can, I'm let me continue not. to put words in your mouth, Tony. It'll be like a real podcast. How dare you say that? I didn't say it. And and this this speaker continued by saying that they were an atheist. They don't believe in God. After the, the roller skating rink thing, it was like, yep, no mystery there, right? And they said, if I die and I'm wrong, it's like the worst thing in the world to possibly be wrong about. Like, it is, that is the worst <laughs> thing in the world to show up and be like, oh my gosh, oh no, oh no, no, no. Like, you were, you were real. And they said, if you believe in God, and then you die, and you're wrong, eh, I mean, you got like a quick like second of disappointment, and you say, oh, there's nothing? Oh, and then that's it, and, and it's all over mm-hmm. with. But there's some things that you just can't afford to be wrong about. This isn't one of those hills upon which I'm willing to die. This is not one of those things that, like, if you Well, it's a hill it, I'm going to kill you on, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to kill me on a hill, for my Lord and Savior Jesus already <laughs> laid down his life on the hill of Calvary. Thank you. <laughs> no, man, there's so many more things that we can agree what about. What if Jesus was like, this isn't the hill I'm going to die on? Rome's like, yeah, it is. Technically, uh... <laughs> Yeah, sorry. The sorry son says to the father, you. this isn't the hill I'm going to die on. Well, got some bad news for you. Yeah, the, the hill's called the skull. So, um, but no, I mean, I, I no, I don't want to argue with you, and I certainly don't want to demean your opinion. If you like it, you like it, man. Some people like, you know, bubblegum ice cream. Some people like, you know, they, they like uh, rum raisin ice cream. Uh, you know, there's things I, I don't like. Thanksgiving's going to come up, and people are going to eat pumpkin pie and pecan or pecan pie. And they're going to like it. I don't like those things. It's not my jam. What do you eat People for dessert like on Thanksgiving? Things. What? What do you eat for dessert on Thanksgiving? My mom will always More get stuffing? Me. Yeah. <laughs> it on, a, on, on a roll. I put everything between bread. Um, my mom will get me a coconut cream pie. Mm. That's that's something my mom always does because I don't, I don't like Thanksgiving-y, fall-y sort of pies. So my mom always gets me a coconut cream pie from Perkins and it makes me happy. Um, but, you know, the, the, the thing is, like, we don't all have to like the same things. And if, if I think, wow, in, in all of my experience and all of my preference, this is not a good movie, dude, I can say it. But at the end of the day, you and I 
we hold to a higher standard. We hold to something that that is way more in, important and way more significant than the things that we like or don't like. And we can both agree to disagree on this. But man, push come to shove, dude. Like I know that you're my brother. I know that you have my back. It's not going to be like one day. I'm going to be, oh, man, I'm in a real jam. And, and Scott, can you help me? Well, you know what? I would, except for all that crap that you said about Gemma Chan <laughs> as Cersei. And now I can't talk to you anymore. I, I just, you know, I think it's so important. Actually, man, Tony, you know, you... The, the unfortunate thing is I've turned off the alarm that I set to pray for you on Sunday mornings. Just... <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> just kidding. Man. Just kidding. No. But right, like, I, so, I, so I think that that, like, yeah. And I, like, and I think that, you know, it's a dumb thing to, like, get triggered about as the kids would say but like i i feel like because generally i just like things and i think I, we talked about it before we started recording or maybe we talked about recording i remember but just the idea that like right like i i had a friend who was a really good friend but then i stopped hanging out with him as much because he just made me feel bad for liking the things that i liked and like yep. i don't want anybody to do that and so like i don't want and so it's like, what kind of, and so I realize, like, right, clearly I've gotten all fired up on this. That's something that gets me fired <laughs> up. So, so I don't listen. I don't read things that are going to make me feel less than myself because I like something. And that's just a choice I make because I, I, cause I'm well aware of who I am and what will make me feel worse about myself. And so if I'm going to listen to a podcast and they're going to be like, this is the worst thing ever. You're so dumb. Like, and it's, it's kind of like an echo chamber for things that I like, like not like things that matter, but like movies, like I'll listen to reviews or I'll read reviews that are generally positive because I'm a generally positive person when it comes to, to movies and stuff. But if it's like a 3000 word essay on, you know, why Iron Man three is bad. I'm not going to read that because Iron Man three is fun and it has that awesome scene. They're all jumping out of the plane, you know, and that's all I need. Out of and, my and one of the better MCU soundtracks. I'm just going to Yeah. That so good. Yeah. I made a, I made a complete MCU playlist and it's like two days long of all the, <laughs> all the movie songs. Yeah. And you know what? If you, if the Eternals is your jam, if you're a big fan of Captain Planet, the movie, cause that's what this is, <laughs> then I'm so glad and I want you to live your best life, man. I want you to just watch it and feel real good about it. For me, it wasn't my thing. And I don't like people that arbitrarily hate on stuff. That doesn't make me, that does not make you cool. No, that's not you. You're not an arbitrarily hater on person. No, I don't. And I don't like it. Like to me, when a Star Wars movie comes out, I'm just like, dude, I cannot go on Twitter right now because I just don't like people hating things just because the, you're not cooler because you don't like the Mandalorian. You're not cooler because you don't, it's just, just, it doesn't make you interesting, please. Uh, but to me, just liking things just because, and look, I defended Spider-Man 3. <laughs> it, I, I, I did. I, I couldn't defend the amazing Spider-Man 2, but I did defend Spider-Man 3. Um, you know, I, I like it if it's fun, but to me, I just had such higher hopes because mm. I've been conditioned for just tens out of tens out of tens uh, for, for Marvel. And this was a very DC Marvel movie. And, you know, this was like, whereas Shazam was a very Marvel DC movie. Mm. So in my, in my opinion, and I, I will uh, correct my, my statements by saying in my opinion, in my objective opinion. <laughs> in my this, absolute truth opinion. This would be, this would not be a movie that I would invest time into watching again. I would not buy the hot toys for this movie. Because they cannot live up to how hot they are in real life, like all of them. Although, the, the Marvel Legends figures for this movie are extremely well done. Are they? They're very well sculpted, 
and they're they're overpriced, but they're they're very well done. And the build a figure is Gilgamesh. So um, if you so like to get the one movie, you really like, you have you to have get to buy all the all. You, have to, you have to you gotta buy Icarus and Sprite and throw Icarus into the sun. That's where he belongs. I liked it, so you know. If generally no. you're like me and you like most things, you probably already saw it and probably enjoyed it. But let us know. I actually had somebody uh, at church. Let us know what your if you if you tweet if you people out there tweeted us. This was objectively anything. I'll block you. Just kidding. I did have a I did I did have somebody at church who. It's always weird when like somebody from your real life even acknowledges that you create a podcast. And mm-hmm. so I had somebody do that. And I was like, this is weird. And she's like, I'm really excited to hear what Tony has to say because I'm much more in line with where he was. I'm oh, like, wow. So somebody you don't even know, who I really like, is interested to hear your opinion, Tony. What is her name? I don't want to say it. Like, I don't want to say it. Just tell me her first name. Woomy. Woomy? Yeah. First off, awesome name. I don't know any Woomies, so now I feel like I know Woomy. And I'm giving a shout out to Woomy. What's up, Woomy? She's the best. Thank you for being awesome and for agreeing with my... <laughs> Clearly superior objective opinion. <laughs> I will say, so uh, so let us know what you thought. And uh, as an addendum to this Marvel Cinematic Universe conversation, I sent mm-hmm. you a picture. Marvel published a two-volume, like, coffee table book, The History of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, very It is cool. spectacular. It is everything I've ever won. It's like, how did this happen? and it's expensive it's like a hundred dollars but i'm like two chapters in and it's got so many great pictures it's got all the background stories of like how they did this and did and i didn't know that they like mark ruffalo was in the final running to be the hulk originally but then they went with yeah but then they went with edward norton and everyone mistake huge (laughs) yeah huge mistake and then everyone was really worried about hiring Robert Downey Jr. because he was just coming out of, you know, all his rehab stuff. And so the reason that this that the the higher-ups didn't want it because they couldn't secure insurance for him. Like, right. they were worried about that. But then he came in, he did a screen test, and he just crushed it. It was him and Timothy Oliphant. And Timothy Oliphant did a good job, but then, like, RDJ came in and just completely blew everybody away. Can you imagine that alternate universe where Timothy Oliphant and, um, and, and Jim from The Office are... Iron Man and Captain America. They don't get to make Captain America if they cast Timothy Olyphant as Iron Man. It doesn't work, and I think the MCU dies on the vine if they don't cast. <laughs> so, if they don't cast RDJ, we... I don't. I don't think it. I don't think Iron Man's a hit, and I don't think they get to make. No, I'm just. I, I get it, but I'm just saying in that little weird alternate universe. So imagine what the would Avengers... we be complaining and arguing about here ten years, <laughs> Star Wars, thirteen years Star, later, Star Wars, absolutely. No, so so imagine this alternate. So you got Timothy Olyphant as, as Iron Man. And then you have, uh, you know, Jim Halpert. What, what's the guy? What's his name? Uh, John Kaczynski. Yeah, John is, Kaczynski. Is, Cap- is Captain America. You have Tom Hiddleston as Thor. Yeah. Right? Because he was almost cast yeah. as Thor. Right? I haven't gotten a Thor and, chapter yet, but I'm excited. Right? And then, uh, you know, so, and then who else? I mean, who cares who would have been Hawkeye? Could have been whatever. But, you know, those are your main guys. Completely different story. Completely yeah. different vibe. Completely different feel. Though, have you watched Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime? I feel, I feel I like John Krasinski could have pulled off Captain America. Oh, no, well. no. I, I think so, too. He, I would have never believed it. it from the office. Oh, yeah, no. I, I sincerely hope that they cast him as Mr. Mister Fantastic. Like, sincerely hope that he and his wife, Emily Blunt, become Reed and Sue. Like I, like, I want it. I want it. Give it to me. Just give it to me. Come on, just give it to me. Come on, I Kevin really Feige. want it. 
Give it to me. Give it to me. I'm pulling like a um, uh, I'm I'm like a, gosh, what's the guy's name from the uh, Parks and Recreation? Uh, he's running against Leslie. Oh, forget it. <laughs> Paul Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd. Who's his character? Bobby Newport. Bobby. Bobby Newport. Newport. Just give it to me. Just give it to me, Kevin Feige. I want it. Come on, Kevin Feige. I just want it. I just want. It. So yeah. So it is. It's called the story of Marvel Studios: The Making of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right Looks now, really it's a hundred thirty-five dollars on Amazon. I think I got it for a little cheaper when it first came out. But it is like if you are a fan of the MCU. I mean, if you've sat through an hour-long conversation of us arguing about Eternals <laughs> and what it means to have an objective opinion. It's uh, mostly been me arguing about Eternals and Scott just going, huh, I liked it. <laughs> it was fine. I'm going to I'm gonna smash cut back to me on Monday's show saying, this is what it's going to be because that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Nailed it. <laughs> Who knows himself? Not going to engage. Doesn't care. <laughs> Uh, so if you've sat through this uh. long of an episode, you were probably the target audience for the story of the Marvel Studios. It is... It is real, like, dude. Or calm down. Are you getting a commission off of this? No, I, I, it is that good. I'm t- like, put it on nice. everyone. Put it on your Christmas list. My man's pimping this gospel hard. Look, man. Like, get Jesus first because you already got him on Christmas and Easter, and then That's get right. this book second, and then get the book. Yeah, and then get the first. Book. You get the holy book, and then you get the Marvel book. because oh. the Marvel book has better pictures. <laughs> yeah, but there's not an Eternals chapter, so it doesn't. You know doesn't have all the really, so not, really so good. So it's not yet complete. It doesn't have all the really. No, it's the first 10 years. It's the first 10 years. Gotcha. It doesn't have all the really, really good looking people. Just the really good looking people. Man, they are some attractive people. The whole time. Even Angelina Jolie, who has clearly had some some work done. She she did not phone in that performance. No. I, I'll, I'm going to give her credit. She did she did a great job <clears throat> playing yeah. Marvel's Wonder Woman. Do, 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 mm-hmm. do. Now let's talk about Wonder Woman 1984. That'll be a great segue. Wonder Woman 1984 was objectively (laughs) the best movie I've ever seen. I know you don't think that. Literally the only reason I got HBO Max was to watch Wonder Woman 84. Have you watched Dune yet? Again and again and again. No, because I was told that if you watch Dune not on the big screen, you are completely missing the, the... the impact of what is a great movie. Um, you're, you're making a face. Are we going to do the reverse thing where I defend a movie and you crap on no, it? No, I, 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 it? it's the face thing. Like it's a really, really good story, like in and of itself. But the spectacle of seeing an IMAX was spectacular. Like it was, so it was amazing. My father-in-law is a giant Dune fan. Like he is a sandworm sized Dune fan. <laughs> And, and, and always has been. Like, like all of the movies, all of the TV movies, all of the books, like, he is the children of Dune to the core. So I'm going to go see it with him because that's, like, that's his thing. Like, going to see it with him would, would be like going to see musical theater with, uh, you know, I'm going to go see Fan of the Opera with Andrew Lloyd Webber. I mean, it's like that's, that's, like, you're going to see it with the guy who loves it more than anything. Yeah, no, it was... Yeah, like I saw it on IMAX on opening weekend. It was it was stunning. But like independent of that, like it's a really good story in and of itself. Where like now I haven't watched it again on HBO Max, but I I would because I've seen it on like the giant expansive screen. I'm reading through the book again right now, and I wanted I want to read it all before I go see the movie. But I don't I don't want to drag it out because it's it, it's kind of a long book. So it is. It's on my list of things to read. Yeah. Speaking it, of other gotta, things that have gone on really it. long. This Besides this podcast, no, this, yeah. that's what it is. This episode, <laughs> that's it. 
Scott, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can go to thechristianer.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at Scott Heeg or at Christian underscore nerd. Tony, where can people find you on the internet? So glad that you asked. You can find me at nerdagodcast.com. That's nerdofgodcast.com. Or join our Facebook group, Nerd of God Squad. You can just hit nogsquad.com. It'll leapfrog you there. And we're across all the socials at Nerd of Godcast. Chatting I was about to, about to say some opinionated things about the Nerd of God Squad, but I decided to stop myself because they're not objective. Yeah, it's mostly just Andrew Whiteside posting puns now. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very desert and arid place. Nah, but, you know, it's not. There's, there's some good no. stuff in there. No, we have fun. We, we have do fun. have fun. Um, that's all I got, Tony. I mean, that's all yeah, we were here for. I, I've spewed all my venom and vitriol. You know what we should have talked about? Venom 2, There Will Be Carnage. And then we could have both crapped on something together. We need that kind of an experience. Yeah, but even then, I'd probably be like, eh, that, I don't it know. Was, yeah. It was good. I liked it. It was like, you know, like, here's the why, thing. Why are you the way that you are? I don't know. I hate Prozac. so many about the things you choose to be. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit, Tony. Uh, is that what it is? Probably. I don't know. Uh, I think honestly what it is is i have too many other things to actually worry about to not worry too much about the things that i watch and whether or not they're good or bad so it is a very low bar of was i entertained and so i imagine mm-hmm. that venom could entertain me but it's not a it's not a wager i'm willing to make it's like mm-hmm. the possibility that this could entertain me is low enough to where i'm not going to invest the two hours into it <laughs> yeah 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 I, i'm with you I'm it's with all you. wagering um, but well, I did like the I trailer. Guess... I did like the trailer. Like the part of like Tom Hardy talking to the symbiote. Like that's like if they had just a buddy cop movie of them and not Woody Harrelson, I might actually enjoy that because those parts did look kind of funny. But you know, most movies I see with Woody Harrelson in them, I enjoy Woody Harrelson in. I'm gonna be fair. That's yeah, Zombieland, both of them, great, delightful, just yeah. so funny. White men can't jump. The Hunger Games. I mean, you know, I celebrate the man's entire catalog. Yeah. <laughs> For my why nickel. Should, why should I change? He's the one who sucks. <laughs> oh, I guess I, I'm done. I'm tapping out. I love you, man. Goodbye, Tony. Goodbye, Scott. Goodbye, Internet. <laughs>